0: to you by black broadway and like i said folks man it's been an exhausting ass week of being black yo like every time we turn around somebody is getting killed by the motherfucking police and now it's all on tape i have to say that in and of itself is violence yo that to me is one of the worst aspects of this entire thing having to see people who look just like you doing shit that you may or may not have done in your life Losing their life for it, man. That's a tough thing to watch every week, especially if you're a black man. So at the end of the day, y'all, like Marshawn Lynn said, man, protect your mentals, protect your chickens. Shout out to my man day. Shout out to my boy Chuck, yo, man. Everybody here on the live, man. I appreciate y'all, man. One time for this whole entire movement of informing yourselves, bro. Listen, again, this young man was sitting in a Wendy's parking lot. His name was Rayshard Brooks. He was sitting in a Wendy's parking lot. He was allegedly drunk. Well, they said he was drunk. He blew a breathalyzer test. He failed it. He's having a whole entire conversation with the police. All of this is on body cam, by the way. Whole entire conversation with the police. Ask the police if he can just walk to his sister's house, which is not far away, which is right around the corner. If he can just walk there. They say whatever they say, which ends in them about to arrest this man which ends in them actually wanting to put handcuffs on this man and take this man into custody. I don't agree with his immediate reaction to fight them people, but I understand his frustration. Why? Why am I going to jail? Why do I need to be handcuffed? Why do I need to be restrained for doing something that I felt perhaps was a responsible thing to do? Why? Why do we have to face the most dire consequences for making decisions that— May or may not be the right decision at the time, but we are human beings and we are entitled to make. Why do we have to face death for that, yo? As the confrontation escalated, he allegedly, well, the video shows him take the taser from one of the other officers, not the officer who he was initially in the confrontation with, took the taser from one of the other officers, begins to flee is fleeing and doesn't get five steps before he's shot twice in the back. Again, to see people who look just like you going through circumstances that you may or may not have done. This is something you may or may not have done. I can't say that this man turned around and really pointed it at them because he was literally running. I couldn't see that in in the footage that I saw. I could not see that. So again, This young man is murdered. Shot twice in the back. That footage in itself was disturbing. Just crazy to see. Like I said, that's violence. That's psychological violence that we all got to be wary of because it's waves heavy on you. I had a tough week last week dealing with all of that. I had to mentally shut it down like I could not. You can't even report on this shit that much when you're so close to it. I I mean, I couldn't be Anderson Cooper and sit out here every night and talk about black men dying. I couldn't be Don Lemon and do that. That's not my life, you know what I'm saying? I'm much more intimately affected and associated to the violence that's happening right now and people's responses and reactions to it. So when Atlanta PD, which is already in the midst of several fucking scandals and embroiled in all types of civil rights violations, just on the streets, you have to really understand this. On the streets, I I've spoken on this podcast before about my cousin who once played in the NFL. My man was a wide receiver for New Orleans Saints. This is my first cousin. This is my man. We grew up. We like brothers. We lived in the same house together at one point in time. This man literally went to the NFL and then went to Harvard and then went and moved to Atlanta. And was living his life, doing his thing. Got into a situation with Clayton County police. And was in jail for eight months where we could not find him. We could not find him. We did not know where Maul was. This is not a joke. So, I'm. it's fucked the police for killing this man. But it's fucked the police for a lot of other reasons, okay? The institutional biases, the institutional crimes, the thefts that are, that are perpetrated on black people every day by the whole institution of the police. We're not even going to go to the courts. That's a whole other conversation. And then we can get into business entities. But we'll just talk about, at the base level, law enforcement and the way that they deal with us. It's totally unconscionable. So when things like this happen that are very blatant, that are very just direct insults to people's intelligence, officers are fired. The police chief resigns. She didn't, she didn't quit. She didn't resign from the department. She stepped down. Excuse me. She did not resign from the department. She did not quit the police department. She is still an employee of Georgia State Government, Atlanta City Police. She still works for them. She just stepped down. Her office might be down the hall now. Don't get it twisted. She's not going to be the face of the heat. How much you want to bet there's going to be somebody black who's going to step up and they're going to be the interim police chief, and they're going to have to take the beef. I'm not even... I'm definitely not a fan of Muriel, Keisha, as far as I know, because I'm not an Atlanta citizen, so I can't speak to directly her policies and what she does in Atlanta. But I know that in order to be a politician on a certain level, it requires a very much a large degree of moral flexibility you got to be willing to say all right you know this may not be right but this is politically advantageous or this is going to allow me to move a chess piece in the future and under normal circumstances all things being equal which they've never been that's a part of the game that I can understand myself being a political animal I definitely appreciate growing up with my dad watching the Senate, watching just the games people play. I get it. I understand how this whole entire process is meant to work. However, that is not beneficial for our community. Nothing seems to move when we play that particular game. And even during this entire situation of political uprising and unrest and vocal vocal calls to make some very sharp, precise actions, to prevent the, just the flat out killing. We're not even talking about mistreatment, just killing of black people. There has been, the response has been an uptick in killing, an uptick in killing. It's something that we really have to think about. It's something that we really have to talk about, especially in our community, because violence begets violence. Like when we're in a space where violence is being perpetrated upon us, and it's also violence that's perpetrated on us by the state, and we can't necessarily retaliate to the state, or we don't feel empowered enough to retaliate to the state, what happens? It shit goes internal, and we kill each other. We kill ourselves. I've been noticing in Washington, D.C., over the last two weeks, I think there have been six, at least six women, and six women and transgendered individuals that have been murdered in Washington, D.C. in the last two weeks. That's insane. Like, that's insane. Like, the the violence that's being visited on our communities, the the violence that we're inflicting on ourselves is in no way helpful (laughs) to having them to cease inflicting violence on ourselves. The level of brutality is, is too high. It's way too high. And that's another reason why I feel like the system cannot be reformed. That's another reason why I feel like there is no possible way to fix this entire thing. The level of brutality is too high. We, we're, we're, we've passed any reasonable sense of, okay, these are things we won't do. These are crimes we won't commit. A young sister, her name was Olawotoyin Salu. She was an activist an activist, a voice, like vocal, very vocal, and only 19, only 19 in, Fort, in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She came out publicly on Twitter and, and whatever. I believe it was Facebook also. But she came out public on social media to speak about her experiences being sexually abused and how she escaped these experiences and she still wanted to carry on her crusade to see the criminal justice system reform and see, you know, change within the police department. Was out in the streets, very vocal, still recovering from this experience. Was taken in by somebody who proposed themselves or positioned themselves to be like a friend and was gonna help her. This person ended up sexually assaulting her and killing her. You know, her body was just found recently, I believe today in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Bro, none of this is helpful. We cannot kill our our soldiers, our, our voices, our people who are guiding us in the direction of, you know, liberation. I got a homeboy of mine. He sent me a, a video where he talks about, like, yo, he showed me this whole shootout. I don't know if y'all saw this online. It's a whole shootout, like in, in Trinidad. You know what I'm saying? This shit happens in the streets. Whole shootout. I said, he said, yeah, man, like, see, we talking about, you know, police brutality, black on black crime, blah, blah, blah. We, What about us? I'm so tired of arguing with that whole entire viewpoint that is sickening. But I think the point has to be made, and this is the point that I made earlier, violence begets violence. We live in a very, very, very violent society. There are no other tools at our disposal. There are no other conflict resolution tools that we have mastered that we are even interested in mastering. The craziest thing to me is that the call to defund the police has been seen as something super radical. My man Smith, I know, man, we talk about these, you know, we be on the same page, but The call for defunding of the police has been seen to be super radical. Now, we have to really, really ask ourselves, what the fuck do the police do other than things like this? Like, we really, really have to ask ourselves this. When is the last time the police stopped a crime? You don't call the police because someone's about to rob you. You call the police when you've been robbed. No one calls the police because someone's about to kill them. If they're lucky, they can. And oftentimes, those calls go unheeded. The police are an entirely reactive force. So, they're reactive. Fine, that's the baseline of what we're saying here. If we can agree on that, the police are more or less a very reactive force. I'm not going to say entirely, but they're a pretty reactive force. If that's the baseline, then let's move past that and let's assume that the police are actually out here capable of stopping crime. How many guns does it take to de-escalate a situation where someone is sleeping in a car? How many guns does it take to write a traffic citation? This is an armed occupying force that has the bare minimum of training and is sent in armed to the teeth to deal with very mundane situations. So if people think that that is radical to have less public contact with this armed force, then why don't people think it's radical to want to run from the police? I don't understand. If people if people think it's crazy to not want more occupation. If people think it's very unreasonable to want to remove this armed occupation from our society, then why don't people think it's reasonable to fear these people? They're obviously here for one reason and one reason only to dispatch some form of street justice. They, that's what they do. They dispatch street justice. You know what I'm saying? Like it's funny because white folks and and Americans in general, we we consume a lot of media and um, one of, our favorites, it's lionized. It's one of the greatest television shows in the world, The Wire. Everybody watches The Wire, but very few people paid attention to the messages in The Wire, where they basically broke it down how the police, they don't like snitches either. The police are just as much of a gang as the gangsters. The police, as a matter of fact, have much more individual dominion over their territory than gangsters do. McNulty said it best. You know, police is like a dictator. You can decide to do, you can let a guy go. You can lock a guy up. You can do what you want. But at the end of the day, your job is your job, and nobody's going to tell you how to police these streets. We're going to have your back. That's the mentality that we're dealing with. Those are the people that we're dealing with, and these are the results of that kind of training, that kind of, you know, institutional, I don't want to say bias because it's not a bias. That's the institutional core. That's their belief. That's their ethos. That's what they're about. So you can't reform that. You know what I'm saying? The guys who are training the police now, we just, uh, me and my wife, we just got finished watching LA 92. So the guys who are training the police now are the same guys who lived through the riots of 92 and they were you know, just on the beat, rookie cops, and they might have seen some guys get beat up really bad, or they might have got beat up bad themselves. They might have dealt with some very ugly trauma from the war on drugs and dealing with busting in people's homes, like all that shit you see on cops, those guys who you see on cops running people down, those guys are training officers now. So what do you think their mentality is? What do you think they're telling people? This is a war. This This is us versus them. There's no way to reform that. How do you, what are you you going to take those guys out of the top? Then you got to take the guys that they trained out. You can't do it. It's unreasonable. It's something that we really have to start talking about seriously. When we talk about how we're going to even move forward in striking back with protests. I love certain aspects of protests. Certain aspects of protests are great to me. Shout out to everybody who bought tickets to Trump's rally and ain't showing up or Shit, we might pull up, whoever. And he, he, that's even if he has it, which leads me to my next story. There's a large amount of pushback on that. First, the pushback was because of Juneteenth, which I totally understood, respected, and I felt like it was it was just beyond disrespectful for him to even attempt to have it on that day. But once people got winded at that and understood that that, that might have been too loud, too blatant of a dog whistle, then it's moved to the 20th. Now, the city of Tulsa is actually, they're kind of not interested in this. Like, Texas is having an, a severe uptick in COVID cases, and Oklahoma is right next door, sitting right above it. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to, put, to want to put 40,000 people in a room. But like you say, Smith, this man is a clown, and clowns need a circus. Like, you ever see a clown just by itself? Nah, that shit's not, that's not cool. It's scary. You know what I'm saying? We see clowns, we need to see clowns in the circus. They need to be surrounded by all the hoopla, all the other clowns, all the, the you know, the pyro and all of this shit. So, what he's going to do is make basically a spectacle out of potentially making hundreds of Americans sick or at least contributing to the community spread, which just drags this whole COVID thing out. Meanwhile, while we're dragging COVID out, COVID unemployment checks and COVID unemployment benefits will be coming to an end very soon. Like the program that has provided that extra $600 per uh, check for COVID unemployment is scheduled to run out of money in the end of July. So, hey, you know, Larry Cudlow, who is one of the nation's top economic advisors, was saying, um, you know, I don't think we're gonna do that again, bro. Yep, July 31st, it's a Riz app for the extra six. And it's like, I mean, first of all, I ain't never get an unemployment check. I wish, but you know, shouts to wifey, because she definitely has been able to get that. And we've been able to just, you know, stash and stack and move and just do what we gotta do. But like, I mean, come on. If America is not really open, and especially if America is headed backwards, how are you going to talk about rescinding benefits? If anything, you should be talking about extending benefits, which, by the way, they are speaking about. They are talking about doing another, um, another STEMI. So, you know, if you guys like that first STEMI, ready for part two? Yes, man, you're right. This, is, this thing is about to, to hit a serious, serious uh, rock bottom point, man. It's one of those things that's very inevitable, it's, it's going to look nuts. I, yo, I'm frightened of what the winter is going to be about, man. But like I said, there's allegedly another stimulus package coming, another 1200 per adult in the United States, another 500 per child. You know what I mean? I guess. You know what I mean? I don't know how that's supposed to assuage or push this entire economy through. Like you say, Smith, what is really about to happen. The lack of mobility, the lack of, you know, the lack of space being occupied in this economy is really, it, every day, every day, it becomes more tangible. I've seen businesses that I love, man, places that I patronized for years. I know they're not coming back. I mean, literally, I, I went I went to a spot yesterday, man, look, if anybody know about Caribbean Sea on New Hampshire Avenue, by the shoppers, which went out of business recently as well, as a company, I believe. But Caribbean Sea is done, man. I went over there, I saw the I saw the little paper sign in the door. I saw that they moved the freezer out, the furniture and stuff. It's kind of still there, but like for the most part, you could tell that's that's a wrap. And those folks who own that place, man, they was older, they not coming back in two weeks they're not beating down the door to rebuild that joint there's gonna be a lot there's a lot of collateral damage the more i ride around the city the more i look the more i see oh these places aren't never coming back oh man these homes may never get sold man who's gonna move into these apartments you know what i'm saying i don't know you know they just built that big ass shit down there by (laughs) how who's moving in there (laughs) i don't know I'm, I'm not sure I'm moving into a building with the biggest pool and the biggest gym if, you know, I can't use it. It just seems a little bit ridiculous to be man. You know what I mean? We all, again, we all are moving in that direction of just trying to figure out what the future looks like. And I think that the plans that some people are making are very much so based on the old world. That's a, I feel like even the new world, as far as like law enforcement, let me say this i I feel very optimistic for real in a way I feel like this is a moment this is a real moment like I feel very optimistic about the the chance for true change. however, I think it has to be extreme like the people who are the the young people the the youth the generation z that's going crazy out here in the streets they gotta go hard they have to push to the to the finish like. If anything, that's what prior generations have let up on. You know what I'm saying? People haven't pushed this thing all the way to the finish. Like, hey, Smith, like you said, the housing market, all of that, we need to find a way to seriously dominate these venues that we have once dabbled in just integrating or just being involved in or just dipping our toe in. It's time to dominate these things. It's time to really make very serious and very aggressively worded, concerted pushes for social justice demands. Not change, not reform. Like, no, this is what we demand right here. And if these people aren't prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law as it exists now, then we'll have to find some other means to hold them accountable. And nobody really wants to have those kind of conversations, it's scary. A lot of people think that these type of conversations are, are radical, are revolutionary, are, are, you know, riotous. You know what I'm saying? Incendiary. Nah, man. It's about accountability. <laughs> it's about accountability. My man Dice, yo, what up, fam? You know, it's about accountability, man. I, I personally have been enjoying the trend of college athletes using their leverage, which they know exists, to put pressure on their schools. I love seeing the Clemson players marching with the students over there at Clemson. I love seeing the players at Texas A&M and Oklahoma say, look, we're not Florida State. We're not doing no practicing. I'm loving the NBA pushback. There's so much ignorance where people are like, man, no, nah, man, we want basketball back. I mean, yes, I understand that. I get that. But, yo, do you realize how much power those guys are holding right now? We've empowered those dudes. If these are the people that we've empowered and they are actually trying to make a decision for our betterment to push our cause and not their own selfish millionaire agenda, man, let that rock, yo. You know what I'm saying? Let that rock, man. Yo, my man Smith says, do you think there will ever be another Rosewood or a Tulsa again? I mean, I think systemically they've done that countless times. Yo, I love Twitter. There's a story, there's a thread that I'll post about a town that we once tried to build in North Carolina called Soul City. It was a town in North Carolina called Soul City that a, lot, a, black, a few black millionaires tried to put together. They got the legislation together. They got the Congress together. I mean, literally, this whole entire thing was rolling. Jesse Helms, famous racist, North Carolina senator, put a stop to it. I forget who was the president at the time. I want to say this was Nixon, 70s. Look it up, fam. Soul City. Yeah, they've they they did. They've done a lot of things to eviscerate, like, black strongholds. You know, shit. We from D.C. Hey, if y'all remember D.C. in the 80s, man, D.C. was the blackest, strongest thing moving. I mean, just incredible. It was incredible to see. But, oh, let me get back to my point about college athletics real quick, because I do want to shout this brother out, man. Chubba Hubbard, who's not sleep at all at the switch, seen his coach, Mike McGundy, wearing a OAN uh, News t-shirt, and was like, no sir, buddy, you're not going to have me at practice when I know that you supporting that bullshit propaganda. I'm not fucking with that. Until you come out and make a statement denouncing that, you're not going to have my participation. And they are mad. And it's like, yo, if you're so bad, get your son out there to run at 250-pound men running at them full speed, you know, for a living. If it's so if it's so upsetting to you, then get your kids out there to do it. Oh, you don't want that. You know what I'm saying? One, they're not good at it, and two, you know what I'm saying, you know the underlying effects of that won't really be positive for them in the long run. This is an entire psychology that we have to attack, and you've got to start by attacking it at its most base points, at its most base vulnerabilities. They love these sports. They would cry, fam, if Oklahoma State turned into a trash program and Alcorn State was the shit. Southern University, Prairie View, A&M was rocking big. Grambling was a legacy program. They wouldn't understand how to move with that. You know what I'm saying? Those type of things right there, that's a different way to strike back at the system. Different way to strike back at the system. But back to your comment about you know these black towns, these black incorporated cities. A lot of those exist. Oh, man. A lot of those exist, man. And and those type of things... Pardon me. Those type of things... Those type of places, not only do they exist or have existed, but they've been plotted against for several, several years, for decades, y'all. For decades, people have plotted against these things. So, it's, it pays for you to pay attention, to do your history, because... As one of my favorite authors, favorite prison abolition activists said, history is not necessarily instructive because it's a blueprint for future activities. It just helps us ask better questions. When we understand the past, it helps us understand questions better. It helps us ask better questions so that we can move forward. So when you understand this shit, you understand why it happened, what they do it for, you know what I'm saying, how it happened even more importantly, then you can understand How to move forward and perhaps replicate it without, you know what I'm saying, seeing the same pitfalls. It's one of those things, though. America is, although we have come far in the sense of technology and the sense of connectivity and all of that, we got so much further to go when it comes to just understanding our strength and organizing that strength. Once upon a time, people tried to organize that is the root of all of the race, or I would say the majority, of the race-related riots in America, if you really look at it. I just got finished watching this documentary about LA-92, about the riots on Netflix. It was good. It was, pretty, it was pretty accurate, should I say, because, you know, I mean, I, I, I lived it. I remember. I was a kid. I was 11, 10, 11. I was 11. And I remember it, but I just, you know, in detail, and especially as an adult, that was anarchy. That was wild. That was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was literally people had lost control of the city and emotion, just pure, raw emotion and looting and burning was happening. And it was bound to happen because L.A. was a powder keg at that time. Now, this that just happened here, is America being that powder keg and the burning and the looting and the whatever the whatever the level of violence that they think they saw is just a microcosm of what can and is capable of happening if this button, if this bear keeps getting poked like this shit is dangerous because what happened in LA, And those blatant, that blatant miscarriage of justice when they saw Roddy Kidd get beat, like literally on video. And that was like some new shit. Like nobody had a video back then. You know what I mean? Nobody had the videos. So, like, so somebody actually have a camera and take that shit and then let somebody get a a hold of it and see it was revolutionary. And we saw it and we were like, yo, no way. This is nuts. You know what I'm saying? Like, actually seeing this happen. Visual, visual evidence and getting off. But now that's become the norm since 1992. So what is the next thing that literally takes this to another level? Or how does this how does this de-escalate? It's questions we got to ask ourselves. My man Smith, what would you say about, okay, Seattle? Yeah, we can talk about Seattle. We definitely need to talk about the CHAZ, the Commute, Capitol Heights Autonomous Zone. Imagine everybody had an autonomous zone. It doesn't seem to be problematic at the moment. I don't believe in utopias. So I believe that crime is a result of societal inequity and inequities. So if a society is more equitable, you'll have less crime. It's pretty much that simple to me. But at the end of the day, this autonomous zone idea, which is just about disengagement with the police, that's important. That's dope. I mean... To authority, of course, it looks like a loss. Like, it looks like you seceded some territory. But you didn't really secede any territory because, again, it's autonomous. It's no it's no organization that took it over. It's not like it's not like Korea took that shit over, you know what I'm saying, or Antifa, or whatever, they, whatever that means. It's not like they came in and said, yo, this is Korea right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we know it's in America, but this our shit. Like we did Guantanamo Bay. Not like that. You know what I'm saying? Not like we do. Not we did Okinawa or anything, or you know, the Philippines or and not, not Grenada, any nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Puerto Rico, it's nothing like that. It's just more like, you know, it's just people have carved out a zone that belongs to literally the people in in the royal sense. And I think that as long as violence doesn't, you know, turn into an issue. But here's the thing. Violence isn't being directed towards anything or anyone. I think that once they're asked to leave or once they're, you know, once the authorities, patience with them grows thin, then, you know, we'll see a confrontation, most likely initiated by the police and most likely leading to some someone being arrested and jailed and labeled an agitator, somewhat, somehow, someway radical enemy of the state who initiated this whole thing, or a lot of people getting hurt and random people being jailed for absolutely no reason at all and the territory is recaptured by in name only. I think right now what it stands for is better than the police taking it back or anything like that. And I think that the mayor and the governor, they know that. They're aware of that. You know what I'm saying? They understand that this symbolically, what up, LJ? Hey, hey. <laughs> they talk about this whole thing symbolic. I think that they're aware that this thing symbolically just represents a win for at least the, the thought of reform. Again, I'm not a reform fan. I'm not a person who believes that the reform that they are talking about is, ca- is, is capable of happening. However, I do believe that it's going to take people who have some interest in those regards in order to push this along because it's not going to be some just rapid abolition of the police. You know what I mean? I, I reported earlier on the show that the PG County School Board was, uh, that had voted in, in, in some form of session, not a full formal session, but informally mm-hmm. had voted to end their relationship with the PG County Police Department. The full board vote on that was supposed to take place on June 11th. Of course they pushed that shit back to like September because this is a hot button issue and nobody is in a rush to really, really make this whole thing happen unless they're under extreme pressure. It's not a popular concept. It's not something that people are really, really interested in seeing happen. And even the people that are shouting it To say, I mean, to put this lightly, they just don't really, really understand it. You know what I'm saying? There's an op-ed in the New York Times written by Maureen Caraba, and she is the preeminent voice on the prison industrial complex and abolition of prisons and the carceral state. Like, that's the hard line right there where she's like, yo, we need to get rid of prisons. You know what I'm saying? We need to find some way to deal with individuals who harm us without the first impulse being to inflict harm upon them. You know what I'm saying? Quite a revolutionary concept. Angela Davis said that. These are all people who have experience with prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, they tried to give Angela Davis life and she defended herself. That's boss. Like, that's crazy right there. They try to give you life and you're going to be your own lawyer? Man. This is, you know, another level of bravery. So at the end of the day, these are people who are experts on the carceral state. And that's what we got to reform because what police really, really do is feed the carceral state by any means necessary. You realize that most cops rarely make a felony arrest? Rarely. If you make two felony arrests, you're like cop of the year. If you, like, pulled over two motherfuckers and they both of those people just happen to be carrying bricks of cocaine and loaded shotguns, you're like the cop of the year. And you gotta know what's your secret. Most motherfuckers are writing people tickets, they're responding to noise complaints, domestic violence complaints, or they're showing up to crime scenes after the fact. An entirely responsive force. So, when they come out don't think that they're coming out to stop crime. They're coming out as the evidence of crime. And the people who want to stop crime ought to know, and they do know, that police ain't never stopped crime, but they definitely are there to respond to it. They definitely give us reports. <laughs> like that. And they gather bodies. You know what I'm saying? They go out and they find out, or and these aren't we're not talking about on the detective tip here. They don't sort out who did what. They just go gather bodies. We're going to lock up some suspects. We're going to let the detectives, the smart motherfuckers on Law & Order talk to them. You know what I'm saying? That's not what those guys in uniforms and badges do. They just grab people. They just snatch people up when they do what they're told. And this whole entire occupying force of people who do what they're told by their higher-ups, and they don't even ask questions. They're not even allowed to ask questions of their batters and their supervisors, they exude or would like to exude that same type of authority over us. And that's why they shoot us. That's why we get killed in the middle of the streets. That's why we get treated the way we get treated, because they are at the bottom of their hierarchy. So therefore, they have to be at the top of some hierarchy, which is the streets. That's what happens. So did, if anyone saw the extended body cam footage of the, the Ray Sharp Brooks situation, one of the more alarming parts of it to me was when the sergeant, who was a black guy, came up to him at the end and he was sitting in the car or whatever. The, the officer who did the shooting was sitting on the car, his body cam still on. The sergeant comes up to him, all the other police are there on the scene. He's like, hey, you good, man? You, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm all right. Very casually, nonchalantly. You're like, yeah, okay, good, man. You talk to anybody? You talk to your wife? Just very casually. This is how they talk after you took a whole human being's life. Not like, yo, what the fuck happened out there? Yo, I mean, I can understand. You good, you all right, but there's no alarm. There's no worry. There's no concern. You know what I'm saying? To the cop who shot him, credit. He said, yeah, well, what happened to Mr. Brooks? The, the sergeant said, yo, man, don't even worry about that. I don't, I don't know. We, I'm going to find out. I'm going to let you know. But, you know, you good. You cool. We got you. That's the mentality that we're dealing with. That's the type of gang force that you rocking with here. You cannot reform that. You cannot. There's, those people are taught to protect each other. They're taught that I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. They taught that. You can't kill a police. Like, that. that's not... That's looked upon as a very, very heinous crime. You cannot do that. That's not what people in civilized society are ever set up to believe is something that's, you know, within the realm of regular crime. Like, that's super crazy capital crime there. However, when they kill people, that is considered regular. Like, imagine the disparity there is enough to make the people on... The winning end of that disparity really has some some lofty ideas about themselves. And that's what causes all of this friction. The idea of qualified immunity, which means basically that police officers cannot be prosecuted for crimes in the same way that other citizens can. Because there's just an assumed immunity. There's an assumed quality of Justification or qualification in whatever a police officer does. That's dangerous. You can't empower anybody in society like that. The president doesn't even have that kind of power. Governors, you know, senators, congressmen, they do not have that kind of power. They are fallible entities. The only infallible entities are the police because. In their mission statement is made very clear what they're here to do, which is protect capital, period. You keep the poors away from the non-poors. If you do that, you have reduced crime. Nothing that goes on below the poverty line is considered something that the police can directly cure or affect. Drugs, sexual abuse, homelessness, alcoholism, any of that. None of those things are considered things that the police can cure. They can respond to them, but the police are not the answer. Uh, Pretty much everyone from the policy level on down uh, agrees with that. None of those things that are very prevalent below the poverty line, that the police mainly service, are considered to be problems that are solvable by police. What kind of sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense so again you just have to be logical you have to understand that like when people say abolish the police defund the police it's not that crazy it yo i saw i saw them defund the rec department i saw them defund the schools specifically school bands specifically uh dc youth orchestra i watched yo all the instruments just go budget cuts i watched all the recs get shut down i watched. All of that happened. I watched books disappear from schools. I watched school buildings be closed due to public, due to budget cuts. I've never seen a police station closed. I've never seen a police officer or precinct want for anything. And again, back to my thesis, none of the problems that they overwhelmingly 90% of the time react to are solvable by them. They are an entirely reactive force. So just imagine if we spent that money on addressing the root causes of the problems that they are sent to react to. Just imagine. It would be a different kind of world. However, I don't think that we live in this fantasy world and whoopie whoop. Yo, big shout outs to the homie Gerardimo. We were talking about arming ourselves and being prepared for, you know, any eventualities. Especially in the case of, you know, armed insurrections started by fascists who want chaos within the government. You know, I know that's a mouthful. That's a whole it's a whole fucking statement. But it's just it's so ridiculous. Like the level of engagement that we have or don't have with the police department right now is gonna to lead to some real ugly confrontations. And When those confrontations reach people's homes and when these occupying forces start to flex their muscle in people's homes and where people can really be hurt and innocent people can, you know, experience the fallout of years of militarization of the police and all of that, I think it's just going to be a different type of energy, man. I want the protest to not get lost in all of that, but... I want the actual protesting to take on more of that, uh, like my man Smith said, more of a look of the Seattle protests, the autonomous zones, start occupying some space, start holding some territory. If their society is incapable of reform, I think it's time that we invest ourselves in creating a society that we know Contains the reforms that we would like to see. The most daunting part of that task is defending it. Cause again, like, you know, we're not like this ain't like a, a foreign country. It's not like a foreign entity. We're talking about here, on our home, where we live, where we stay, where we 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 live, where we stand. And yo, if we can establish a society that abides by the rules that we stand for, that we live for. And if we can protect that society, if we can ensure that not only can that society exist in harmony with its citizens, but withstand uh, attacks from, you know, naysayers and people who, for a variety of reasons, don't want to see us have no shit like that. It goes back to that point we were talking about earlier. These incorporated towns, these cities, these, all of that. Like, we can at least use these places as launch pads to extend ourselves into perhaps other lands or other, you know, saying endeavors or other incorporated cities, larger incorporated territories. But it's just time you start having these radical thoughts, these radical conversations because that shit is not that radical. It's not that it's not that crazy. Because what's happening to us is crazy right now. Like, I don't want... Regardless of how many people, how many black men they show y'all getting killed on TV every day, that shit ain't normal. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot more alive black men than I know dead black men. You know what I'm saying? As much as they show people getting shoved and beat and these brutal wounds and all that, that's not normal. That's not regular. That's not the regular, regular thing. You know, just like in the 90s, where they used to try to convince us, like, War on drugs, city under siege, this shit is, ah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was, but, I mean, you know, we still went outside and played. We still had ice cream. We still, you know, did a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just that certain things happened at a much more rapid rate than they probably should have. It's just more important that we sit back and we start dissecting our options. You know what I mean? Because the request that we have of whomever is in charge, are their, uh, their likelihood of being granted is very low. You know what I'm saying? They're not really going to be those people to to give us what we want. Power concedes nothing without demand. No need to ask about it. No need to wonder. It's true. It's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Jordan, I mean, we just all got finished watching the last dance, man. Don't be Scott Burrell. You know what I'm saying? Don't Scott Burrell yourself. Like, That guy, he's never going to come around and consider you as equal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to happen. You got to carve out your own legacy, your own world over here. And it's doable. It's what I'm mostly interested in now. You know what I'm saying? Yo, if G is on the line, hold up. Let me see. Let me pull you in real quick before I go off. I want to see, you know, I want to hear about this armory experience. I'm pulling you in right now, G. But, 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 you what up, though? Yo. What up, though? All so, right.
1: I'm cool, man. How you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm here in the flesh, man. Core reporting. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about Wilson Brothers Armory, yo. Talk to me, yo.
1: All right. So, um, how was the
0: experience?
1: Yesterday, okay. Um, like I told you, I was going to do the, um, the firearms training with Wilson Brothers. I know you got shows coming up in a couple of weeks, right? Um, it was good. It was it was more than what I even anticipated it being. Okay. Um, the actual shooting part aside.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was that, definitely that, there, was, there was there was definitely some shooting.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You definitely it's, at a private range down they way down in Indian Head, Maryland.
0: Okay. If you're
1: familiar with Brian's Road or Lamont's mm. Nightclub or any of that.
0: Ooh, Most people aren't. That sound like but, that. uh... What's that? Two ten straight out of two ten.
1: All the way, all the way down. You cross the the PG County, Charles County border okay. in into Charles County. Okay, it's in Charles like, County. Okay. The Occoquan, If you could take a boat and then get, hop back into a car, you could get to the Occoquan in probably like thirty minutes. Okay, okay, from, from where that is.
0: Southern but um, anyway,
1: hmm. Anyway, um, the shooting part aside, um. The information, the education, that mm-hmm. was what really got me. You know, I learned so much, especially when it comes to um, concealed carry. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Wilson Brothers Armory is a, um, a black-owned firearms training business. Two brothers own it. And um, cool guys, cool guys. Um, they split the group up. And the, the, the instructor I had, he actually works for D.C. government and mm-hmm. talked about how he goes into his office in a D.C. government building um, carrying a concealed weapon every day.
0: Hey,
1: he talked. He talked about the different holsters that he uses. Okay. You know what I mean, um, the fit like where he's while he's wearing a suit, mm-hmm. as well as you know, in casual dress. He talked about how concealed carry permits are way easier to get in DC than they are in Maryland. Okay, because DC and Virginia. I'll talk about DC, Maryland, and Virginia since this is what the surrounding area is. Mm-hmm. So DC and Virginia are shall issue jurisdictions in which. As long as your background check is good, you you of age, um, you do the fingerprinting and all of that, you can get a, a concealed carry permit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He even gave us a even gave us a a story about when a couple of him and his couple of his homies were on U Street, um, some drunk white guys wanted to give us some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first it was like they was just talking shit and they was like, All right, whatever, whatever. But then the guys they picked up some trash cans. It was about the, you know, Mm. Do some wild shit, and so they pulled out. Hey, and then that's when the police intervened because they they said it happened near Third District Police Station. Mm. And um, you know, but because they are card carrying members of whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they Damn got concealed carry. You know, the police officers like good to go. Okay, you know, but yeah, barely, well, you
0: know, famous footage yeah. of the DC police having to give a young man back his head on the street. That's that's viral. Yeah. <laughs> Well you yeah, we know about it. Okay, so what else did you what else did you learn as far as like like uh, technical information, like as far as like safety and handling and, you know, brands and you know, just general information like g- general gun knowledge information.
1: Okay, so definitely talk about safety. Okay. And how um even like while you're practicing with like, you know, position, holding, shooting. Okay in your house to use, make sure you, um, use your dummy bullets. Okay. You're not, you're not using, you know, live bullets. Make sure that you don't get, and then when you actually get the, the actual real bullets that can actually kill somebody, don't get the, the, the full metal jacket bullets. Cause okay. those are the ones that'll go through your walls into your neighbor's house and kill them. Um, uh. uh, those are the ones that they use on the battlefield, okay. things like that. Okay. Um, you want to use the hollow, the hollow points, and the needle, the needle the points, and all of that, because those, you know, they'll just stop okay. once they make contact with somebody's body. They right. talked about the area of the body that you wanna, you wanna shoot okay. if someone's coming to attack you with the, with the, with you know, in your home or whatever the case may be. Okay. They also talked about matching force with force. So, okay. like I told you real briefly about the incident they had on U Street. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had, if them white guys just came at them, you know, just with, with you know, hands. fist up, they they couldn't have pulled their guns out on Right. Have had just fight them off with their hands. Right. Because if, if they had pulled their guns out on them and shot them, then okay. they would have been wrong.
0: Okay. So did now, they talk a little bit about up the law?
1: When they picked up that trash can, that's now considered um, assault with a deadly weapon. Right. Okay. So now you are in your right to pull out a firearm on okay
0: so do they talk about the laws and different laws and the ju- in jurisdictions as far as like you know ownership and you know i, I heard you talk about carrying but yeah. let's just talk about like straight up ownership and registration did they run okay. down this and i love the fact that this is black owned too so that first of all just culturally did it feel good did it feel you know like welcoming you know i'm a
1: I'm gonna tell you how serious it was. It was a couple that came down, young black couple that came, drove all the way from Gaithersburg right. just to attend this. Okay. Because okay. it was black owned. No doubt. And so it was it was really dope to just see people um from all around DC and Maryland come out to this. All right. Um and everybody was black. Okay. How many were how
0: many black. how many people?
1: Um, I'd say it was about forty people total. Okay. But they do the whole training outside, so, you know, if anybody that's concerned about the spread of COVID-19, you know, you're okay. out there in the outdoor space, so you. you don't have to worry as much. Okay.
0: Okay. Outdoor range. You know, good, good, good. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm. What else? Um, we were talking about like ownership
0: this- and registration, though. Like, did they give you, like, any information about how you can, you know, register, what weapons you can acquire with different licenses, so on and so forth? Yes. Okay, yes. give me a little bit of so, help, what you can remember.
1: So, in Maryland and D.C., that's where you need your handgun permit. H-Q-L. In Virginia, you don't need that.
0: Okay. You just have
1: to pass the background check when you go to purchase the gun and be of age. Okay, but
0: so what qualifies D.C. as a handgun? Just handguns or we're we talking about not assault rifles, but, you know, rifles, semi-automatic not, rifles?
1: Not... Not rifles, not shotguns, no nothing like that. Okay. Just you know, straight up, you know, holding your hand. Okay, like <laughs> okay, gotcha. Really, but gun. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, no doubt.
1: Mm-hmm. Handgun. You know, something that you can you can tuck away real easily. Okay, you know? okay. Um. So you need a you need a permit for that. You have to go through a training course. Mm-hmm. Um, in D.C. and Maryland mm-hmm. for that. Uh, which, if you they were like, look, they had people. I said there were people there who lived in the city who were residents of DC who were at the train as well. Okay, um, it's gotta have a minimum of four hours in order to do that to okay. get that. Um, then you go get your your fingerprints. Okay, um, you actually told me about a place over in Temple Hills, yeah. like Heights, they are uh, on the
0: website, them. they have a whole entire list of all the places you can go to get your fingerprints in Maryland, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay. and
1: so, um they talked about that as well as um what else they talk about um you know on uh, ways to um, store your um your firearm in your okay. house you know yeah. especially
0: if you have safes and lock like boxes that. and stuff like that okay Nah, that's mm-hmm. real okay good they hitting on all the key points you know what I'm saying yeah so mm-hmm. so it's Wilson Brothers Armory right that's what it's called yeah. right all right yes. so do they do sales too yes okay so. When it came to well, so here's we we'll just get to the fun part. When it came time to start shooting, so you had to rage. What kind of guns did they have out for you to handle? What kind of stuff were they trying to get you familiar with? Just starting, because I'm assuming that everybody's a beginner coming in, right?
1: Um, no, there's some people who, like, there was one woman, she already had tactical training before, there's a couple people who had already been in ranges and whatnot, okay. you know, or they just, it's just been a long time since they shot some guns, and there were also people who, well, this was their very first time shooting a gun.
0: Okay. You okay. know, so it,
1: it varied. Okay, so but what far, did they have out as far there, for As far you? The, what we used, it was a, um, so Smith & Wesson 2.0. Okay. Which comes highly recommended by them. Okay. As, as well as the, um, the FN... I had oh, right. y'all out there
0: busting apples.
1: Okay, okay. Um, man. They, they talked about pricing, like they, they were like they were very adamant. Do not buy a gun that costs under four hundred dollars.
0: Yes, no, no cal tax, no please, no, no, no high points, it's, it's no break. none of that bullshit. Yo, that's so key. Oh, I'm glad. And I, like again, culturally, like it's important to have black folks that communicate these messages with us. Gee, I got mm-hmm. 55 seconds left. Stay right there. I'm going to bring it right back on the other side. All right? Okay. Hold all up. Right. I'm coming right back. All right. Yo, thank y'all for tuning in. Black Broadway Court Report. You know what I'm saying? Look, I got 55 seconds left on this one. I'm coming right back on the flip side. Yo, you having this conversation now? You want to get armed? You want to get ready? Let's get ready. Because it's all happening. It is all happening right now. I'm going to
1: just say one. on post. Scoot.
0: Back. <laughs> All right. Now, I just want to finish this combo with Gerardovo, man. I got to get my timing better on my live sometimes. But... I want to finish this conversation with Gerardimo, getting this HQL thing together. Listen, that's very valuable information right there. Out there um, at Wilson Brothers Armory, like you said, Indian Head, Maryland, Southern Maryland, Black-owned, you know, operated, helping everybody understand how to perfect, pardon me, effectively defend themselves, effectively, professionally, and safely defend themselves. Gee, I'm about to bring you in right now. Alright. Boom. Touchdown. Why are you not doing it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Alright. We back. Yeah. Okay, so again, so okay, so you were telling me about the weapons that they had out for you to work with. Okay, so you got the Athens uh you had the 2.0 and yeah. what else did you have? Wow, Calabash T, what up, though? Um, mm-hmm.
1: What was the other one they named? They named another one. What what they did say is do not get a Ruger 380.
0: Okay. Ruger 380. They
1: don't okay. get that. He said Ruger. don't get that. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um Dr. Senyata, I know that's you.
0: Nah, Peace. no doubt. <clears throat> All right, boom, my bad. Okay. <laughs> My man Baca in the house, yo, you know Yeah, this? they said don't get
1: the Ruger three eighty. Well,
0: uh-huh. okay. So when they're out there yeah. and they're instructing you guys, what are the main what are the main things that they feel like you should be looking for yeah. in a weapon and depending on what are the main uses that they feel like you would be doing? You know, carrying, home protection, business protection, you know, what
1: what yes. kind of things? Okay. So I'm glad that you mentioned business protection Mm -hmm. um, because that might be a loophole that you can use while even though your business is in D.C. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing with Maryland. Maryland is a May issue state when it comes to concealed carry. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to either be a business owner that's got monetary transactions, like for real, for real, not just like, you know, some little money here, money there. So, like someone like yourself, right? Um, who, um, what else? Um, if you are someone who is in a domestic violence situation and there's actual reports that mm. you can pull from the police department anywhere, mm. and this is talking about if it ever happened, so okay. even if it's like, was like 10 at any point in
0: time, living, man, any point in history,
1: right? If he was living in California, mm. get the police report shown because you, like, hey, my attacker could come back and get me. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, what else? Um, you know, if you're um if you're an armed security guard, things like that, of course. Okay. But definitely, um it's not easy to get a, a um a concealed carry permit if you live in the state of Maryland. Right. So again, you as a business owner, even though your business is in DC, right? That you might be take a good part that you can of that Be particular... like, hey, I gotta travel across state lines and True. somebody might be following me. True. I don't know what's up, you know. So
0: so let me ask you this. I mean I definitely feel like it's up to consumers individually to educate themselves as much as they can on the gun laws in their particular jurisdiction. But how much of the course is educational in that regard versus educational in like just the tactical handling, loading, you know, et cetera, et cetera regard?
1: I mean... The, the tactical part, as far as like loading and shooting, like that's actually much easier. It's a lot easier than you would think if you're someone who's had no experience with a yeah. firearm. Yeah, you yeah, know, no, like, they
0: don't make them hard to use.
1: Right. <laughs> they're it's, not, it's, they're we, not difficult. The, we spent more time on education and Q&A <laughs> right. than we did on here's how you use the guns. What you're okay. supposed to do shoot it. how you stand. They, you so
0: know? they didn't we, really discuss a lot about posture or any of that stuff really...
1: In a four-hour class, we probably spent thirty minutes on how to use the gun uh-huh. and thirty minutes actually shoot.
0: Okay, okay. And the rest Maybe of it, and and the, and the, the other three hours, and the yeah. other three hours was all education. Educational, like
1: laws and
0: why you yeah. why you, why you shoot, good. Um, That's good. You know, that's that's know, a good. That's good to, for your first you know, laws run. To keep in mind things like that. That's good for your first run because going to the range is practice. That's when you mm-hmm. familiarize yourself with your weapon of choice or other weapons yes. that you might want to purchase and, you know what I'm saying, getting those tactical finer points of shooting a weapon down, you know what I'm saying? But like the mm-hmm. basics of pointing, keeping the gun down range and, you know, loading yep. it and operating it and so on and so forth, yeah. You can pick that up in 30 minutes. Yeah, You know what I'm yeah, saying? That was yeah. easy. That was easy. Now they didn't do they didn't do any like assault rifle training or anything, did they? Never. Okay, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but that's the thing. So I went to this um I went to this uh range once upon a time in uh Virginia called uh, Blue Ridge Arsenal. And on Blue Ridge Arsenal, yo man, they picked up. You know, they was like, all right, so you want to shoot the A and R? Uh, you want to shoot the AI? Here's here's how you do it. Boom, you cock it, decock it, slap it, boom. And there's like it's a whole it's like a four four-piece motion that you have to master with, like, a semi-automatic machine gun. And those type of things, like, are important to know because, I guess, for a lot of people that are planning or feel like they may or may not be involved in these dramatic confrontations and shit, like, in real life, if you throw an AR-15 on the floor, like, most people wouldn't know how to use that shit. Right. Most people wouldn't, most people wouldn't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's mm-hmm. not the, that's not necessarily the case with a... A handgun, certainly not the case with a revolver or anything like that, but that's not the case with like most handguns. Glocks are specifically made to be very simple and very easy to operate. but the fact of the matter is is that a lot of people are you know intimidated by guns and stuff like that, so i would I would hope that like the first you know class would be like giving people enough education, enough information so they don't feel that way anymore. And especially yeah. from a legal standpoint.
1: There was, yeah, there was definitely some people in the class who, you know, were admittedly nervous. You know, the instructor was like, look, anybody nervous? A few people raised their hand. Uh, one woman was like, hey, what if we just want to hurt the person? We don't want <clears throat> to kill them. Yeah, and so wow. the, instructor, the instructor was like, well, look, I train so you know how to neutralize, meaning yes. take them all the way out. Yeah. But... We you, you know, we can show you how to, you know, shoot, shoulder or shoot in the shoulder shooting in the in the in the in the leg or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But the whole time the same woman when we actually went to go shoot, she was like hitting the X and all right in the head. She's a whole assassin out there. <laughs> of, like the head, like right here in the forehead. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I Listen. you said you just wanted to hurt him. Look, <laughs> we yeah.
0: and, and in the moment too, and I will tell you like, you know. Squeezing triggers is, is, is something that's not difficult physically to do, but like at the yeah. moment, like a decision, you know what I'm saying? A lot of all that planning and all that shit really goes out of the window. So, what, they, what they're what they saying yeah. is right. Teaching you to neutralize the threat is the most important thing that you could possibly do, for real. Like, hey, what up, girl? Yes. What up? <laughs> Biggie in the house. Yeah, but so when they talk about, you know, threat neutralization and stuff like that, do they offer any further training? Like, all right, so we got, you come through, you get your four hours or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Now you you qualify for your HQL. Is that, are you finished with, you know, your prerequisite, so to speak?
1: Um, That prerequisite. So I'm actually going to go make an appointment. I meant to call it on the day two. Okay. Um, I'm going to make an appointment to go to the, um, the fingerprint spot they say was over in Model Heights. Okay. Get that done. Get that mm-hmm. done. Um And then once I do that, they say, you know, call us. Let us know you got your fingerprints, and then we're going to walk you through the application.
0: Oh, uh, so the the armory is going to help you walk through it. Oh, yes. good, good. Is that, I mean, do they charge for that service? No. Nah. Oh, that's dope. That's nah. dope. Um, I also, I also it is confusing um, just, on that website too. I, I have noticed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot I, of that's a I, lot of verbiage to get a gun or to register a gun or whatever in Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe in D.C. it's a little bit simpler. I haven't looked into it yet.
1: It is. It actually is. And the crazy thing is, I think, mm-hmm. what why people think it was difficult is because, the, the con, because of the concealed carry um, situation when that came about and that legislation was passed. Um, or when it first was put on the table, there was so much pushback. Mm-hmm. But then it was passed, mm-hmm. and now... Um, like you said, like, like I, I, like I was surprised to learn that it's easier to get that in D.C. than it is in Maryland.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean? Um, I did also, while I was there, I signed well, up
0: Well, you know, for the media. demographic shift in D.C. does speak to that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we,
1: we talked about
0: that. Sure. We talked about that. <laughs>
1: we definitely <laughs> talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. I also signed up for um, the uh, the Utah concealed carry permit.
0: Because that one um, you said has the most reciprocity, huh?
1: Right, 30-plus states and Puerto Rico.
0: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: and you and for most okay. of states, you do not have to be a resident of Utah for that to be considered if you're in that state. That also enables you to travel by plane or across state lines with your firearm and not get in trouble for it as long as you got your permit. Only.
0: Look, there you go. My wife just got back from Texas. She was like, yo, man, I was hung up at TSA for a second because... There was this fucking guy, he had a gun. I mean, it wasn't like, they was giving him his gun back, but it just took like an extra amount of time for them just to process him and all of that. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's how we're moving out here. So, I mean, again, knowing your rights as a as a citizen, yo, like, that's great that this course spends a lot of time informing you in that direction. That's great <laughs> to know. Because that, that, that reciprocity piece alone it's great to know. Like, did you did you have a list? I'm going to see if I can get that list of states that you the Utah concealed carry license extends to. You know what I'm
1: saying? Well, off the top of my head, I know it's every place south of Maryland except for South Carolina. Okay. Um, okay. pretty much all of the west except for California. Um, Illinois, New York, as we all know, mm. um, Maryland, DC, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other places. Well, but, um, just okay, um, but, but a lot of way. a that's
0: lot of territory is covered it. by that. Okay, Say it. Say again. I said a lot of territory is covered by that particular yeah. mm-hmm. license. That's that's good to know, G. Like, all right, I'm excited. I'm super excited to go now, man. You know what I'm saying for real. And it's good that it's outside too, you know, outdoor range. You know, just one. Is is it always an outdoor range, or do they have an indoor facility too? They have
1: a... I think they normally do it at the um the the, the Maryland State
0: uh, Range over there behind Andrews. Okay. Right. Um, I know MSAR, what you're talking about.
1: Which they have a, a partnership with. Mm-hmm. I know so exactly I what you're talking about. I think they normally do it over there, but considering the circumstances, they did it outside at that range down in Indian Head. Okay. And um, make sure you take your bug spray. Or you you won't need it. <laughs> I had to pluck a tick off my, my, my pants. <laughs> real talk, real talk. Make sure talk. you wear yeah. a hat so you yeah. got no get no ticks on your scalp. They give you
0: eyes them. and ears? What do they give you eyes and ears? Like, you know, yeah, earphones? They give okay. eyes and ears. Okay. If you need that. They give you they they provide that or do you need to bring your own? Yeah. They provide.
1: Yeah, they, okay, mm-hmm. good, good. They provide
0: it. Okay, provide it. good. So and then once you do it, you're done. You got your, your four hours. Yeah, right. you
1: got your four hours.
0: All right, hey, you good to go. Cool. And it's good to know that that's a black owned range and armory too, because I would like to take my practice business to them too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to hold you. Blue Ridge Arsenal is the shit. Out in VA. Yeah. My down in Chantilly, right? Yeah, Chantilly. I went out there one time, and it was like a guy. He was like a gun collector or something like that. Straight up and down, this man was shooting Uzis. He let me. He let me shoot the Tommy gun, like the real Tommy gun. That shit was heavy. Like it was. There's no way in the world they was hanging off of cars with one arm spraying. <laughs> on. There's no way. Right. Like, <laughs> that shit was heavy, yo. Like, but that it was crazy. It was mad cops in there. Bad people, you know, a lot of three round bursts, a lot of mm-hmm. pop, 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 you know, mm-hmm. real close together, a lot of precision, you know what I'm saying? And and again the rules is safety, safety, safety. You know what I'm <clears> saying? <throat> and that's the first thing we all gotta realize because I mean again, it's sad that the officers, you know, and I know you have your thoughts on this, you know what I'm saying, like the officers in this uh this most latest, you know, case of police excessive force. Like, it just doesn't seem like there was any thought given into whether or not we're going to squeeze these shots off. You know? And that's, like, Mm -hmm. that's dangerous, you know? Like, that's not what you're taught. That's not how you're instructed at these situations, are are you? Were they instructing you to fire people fleeing? Like you said, force for force, right?
1: Right. And so that came up, like, if someone enters your home
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then you get them. You like see them as they're entering. and You pull the gun out on them. If they turn around, hit a spin move, you know, run out. You outside, can't gun
0: them down. You, can't shoot, you yeah. can't shoot them
1: in the back. You can't
0: gun that person down. You're at and that you point. Can. You're charged with murder.
1: Exactly. They gotta be. They gotta be coming towards you still in order for that to be what they call a good shoot.
0: How how hard is that to to grasp? You feel I me? Mean? How difficult is that to grasp, man? Yo, G. It don't stop, man. You know what I'm saying? It, it never stops. Like I said, man, this psychic violence that's being inflicted upon us constantly by having to watch this shit is what I'm concerned about the most and what I need to get away from the most. So, you know, those mental health breaks are needed. Those moments of black of like reflection, you know what I'm saying? Enjoying those small things in life. Like, you know, some of y'all Instagram feeds... Make me happy just to see y'all doing regular shit every now and again. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm happy about that because it's a heavy world we live in, yo. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's good and it's good that you're doing forward thinking things like this too, taking those steps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good way yeah, to. What was it? Saturday? Absolutely. Saturday, right? Sunday. Sunday. Great way. Yeah, it's a, Great way Sunday to spend a Sunday. afternoon,
1: You know. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Shooting on um, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, man. And something else that I'm gonna to do to follow this up is um I'm gonna register for self defense courses. So I'm really looking at Krav Maga. Okay. Um, okay. I'm looking at that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get with that. So I know they gotta um the nearest place to me is a place on Capitol Hill. So okay. I'll probably hit that up soon, start doing they're doing virtual classes right now. Okay. But um, you know, just to make sure cause, you know, even aside from, you know, what looks like we're headed in towards martial law and other things, and this other like racist being racist and one that you know, <laughs> you know, they a lot of them be armed and doing their thing, but also, you know, how y'all were talking about the economy earlier. Um, I'm thinking about people running up on you, I'm thinking about home invasions because people are gonna be hurt. absolutely. Even poor, yeah, you know,
0: like I said, so, these, when these when these unemployment benefits run dry. When this second stimulus does or does not hit because it is needed, it's gonna be crazy. You know?
1: Yeah. So you gotta be prepared. Out, you gotta be able to, to defend yourself and I mean mm-hmm. if you could take somebody down with your bare hands, you know, I'd much rather do that than necessarily yeah, kill somebody. I guess I gotta do that too.
0: I mean we taking like I said, we taking a defensive stance, you know? We taking a mm-hmm. defensive stance on our future in America because we are under attack. So yeah. it's time to, like you said, meet force with force. It's time mm-hmm. to respond to the attacks that we've been subjected to with some equal force in defense. You know right. what I'm saying? Hey, we haven't started launching attacks yet. Like, like I said, that LA 92 shit, that was
1: wild, yo. That was a yeah. I remember.
0: Man, yo, right? You remember, remember that? That's a riot. Like that's and like you don't know, people nobody wants that that's, like, people were dying out that joint. you know what I'm saying? And, like, nobody really wants that because, again, that doesn't, like, when people start talking, yo, this doesn't solve anything, like, you're right, that doesn't really solve (laughs) anything, like, that's just just people dying, yo, you know what I'm saying? And, like, right now, if there's targeted violence, (laughs) that's a different thing. But if there's not, you know, an actual plan of attack, I think that the best thing that people can continue to do is have, like Gil Scott said, these mental revolutions. That's yes. scary. Like, yo, the the thing that happened today in the Supreme Court with the LGBT community and the decision that it is now illegal to fire people based on their sexual orientation in all 50 states. That's just Man. crazy. It was That was in 26 states before today. That was legal. I think it was 20. Yeah. It might have been 36. But either way... But 36 days before today, that was legal. You know what I'm saying? So it's like these little small revolutions, these little small things, right? It all is a cumulative thing. Just like there's a cumulative effect of people being, having atrocities heaped on them. You know what I'm saying? People sick of the bullshit. People sick of Winston Churchill. People sick of all of these motherfuckers, yo. I'm, I'm with it, G. You know, and if they do the knowledge, if they do the history, they'll realize that there's a lot there to be mad at, and there's a, there's a lot more that we have in our future than we have in our past. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. can we we can build something new rather than just hold on to this, and it's going to cost us all our lives. You know what I mean? Right. That's yeah. it. That's all. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And that's all, G. Yo, thank you for coming through and dropping Absolutely, those man. knowledge darts about Wilson, brother Armory. Out in uh Indian Head, Maryland, Southern Maryland, you know what I mean? That was important. I'm glad you went and got your HQL. I'm right behind you. I'll be able to report on my experience, you know what I'm saying? Tell you how I was busting the effing out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it would be extra just just be an extra. You know what I'm saying? No hand waves, no sideways shit. We we don't right. This isn't Menace Society, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, and he, 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 they going
1: to say
0: that too, like, this is not the movie. Yeah, they yo, this is, this not yo, this is <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's not a real thing, y'all, for real. There's some actual, you know, tactics and discipline and be able to handle it when it's time, bro. So, yo, I love it, Bad G, keep going on the process, you know what I'm saying? Finish this process, you know what I'm saying? We're going to walk this thing all the way to Purchase. Mm Because, you know, we got some experts on procurement in the gang, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, thank you for rocking with The Core Report, as always. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see you on the flip side. Peace, dude. Peace. Yeah. So, yeah, yo, It's The Core Report. Volume, whatever, episode, whatever. I'm about to get up out of here. Got to go take care of these kids, man. Finish this pod. I'm posting all the rest of the pods on the sites tonight, so we'll going up tonight. I'm going to sit down and smoke some of this weed, and I'm going to do some editing. So, that's the game. Thank y'all so much for rocking with the Poor Report. It's Black Broadway. We out. See you on the next one. Peace.